Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. And before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area. That's going to be from Wheat Ridge up to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off of a $50 purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 purchase. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Going to work crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Hello and welcome in. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by... Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I am joined, as always, by A.J. Hayfley. Almost as always, by A.J. Hayfley. A.J., how are we doing? I can't complain, man. Well, good. Yeah, I stayed up all last night working on the uh, the film room that I threw up there today. It was cool. It was yeah. fun. No, I uh, I liked it. I, uh, you texted me today. You said, hey, I stayed up all night. I don't know if it's good or not. Well, you go read it. And I went and read it, and it was great. Good stuff, as always, man. Uh, you know, I, the readers love you. And uh, that was proved last night when some guy was being a, an a-hole on Twitter, and uh, everyone set him straight. Yeah, that guy was that guy was just being ridiculous, man. Mm-hmm. There was another guy being ridiculous, too, but he was nice about it. So I was like, that's cool. <laughs> AJ, you were uh, you were reached out to, and and someone asked you. They said, "Hey, I've got a little bit of a um, prompt for you, if you will." They said they gave a couple parameters. We're going to go over one in the second segment, one right now. The first one that we're going to go over is what Av. Who's a player that the Avs have in their organization right now today? that can help them get into the playoffs that isn't currently on the NHL roster. We're going to go through, we're going to talk about a couple guys, why we think they might, um, why they would help the Avs get into the playoffs and, and how feasible it is that we'll actually see them. So AJ, who would be your first guy that you say, if, if they brought him up to the big club, he could help the Avs get going right away. I mean, before last night, it was Francis, right? <laughs> Yeah. Like the easy runaway answer, the layup here. <laughs> right. Um, so go ahead. I I would say honestly, this is uh I wanna I, I'm not gonna go with Greer because I think that's like a fourth line that's you know Hey, we'll put him on the fourth line, and I and I don't think that that's gonna move the needle in any significant direction either way. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like we've like Gabe Bork has been scratched the last like six games and it hasn't made a significant difference in winning or losing. So, mm-hmm. um, I would say honestly, I'm gonna go with Martin Kout. Yeah. So, rookie in the AHL uh, this this year definitely got off to to a start that. I mean, it was clear he was adjusting. He's come from uh, the the Euro game, bigger ice, played a completely different style. So he was definitely, definitely, uh, you know, having to having to figure it out a little bit the first, you know, dozen or so games. Uh, but since then, I mean, he's been great. He was really good at the at the under twenty World Juniors, and uh, seven goals, eight assists, good for fifteen points in thirty games with the Eagles. Why do you think this kid could help the Avs so much? Well, their their right wing depth um, is is just kind of okay right now. Uh, you know, no offense to to Colin Wilson or JT Comfer, of course, um, but I think I think there's room for improvement. I think there's room for offensive improvement, mm-hmm. and I think Cal's got a higher uh, offensive upside than either of those guys. Although maybe not necessarily this season. Um, but I, I do, I do think that he would help stabilize a little bit, and I do wonder if, if maybe Colin Wilson is on the move at the deadline. Um, that's just me speculating. That's not me like hint, hint, wink, wink. I'm just saying, you know, as a pending UFA, um, you do wonder like what the plan is there with him, mm-hmm. um, and as a guy that they probably don't bring back uh, because they do have a guy like Cout. Now, and, and, and I just want to, I, I should preface all of this by saying, you know, I'm not arguing for bringing him up. I'm not, you know, there are other, there are financial considerations. There are expansion draft considerations. Um, so I'm not. Contract you know, I'm not considerations. Saying, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're not saying that this should happen. I'm just saying he's a guy in the organization that if they wanted to, they have the option of just saying, to hell with all the rest of that. We're going to bring him up. We're going to drop him in the NHL. And I think that guy helps them out quite a bit. Uh, he's been, uh, you know, he was, he was really good at WJC's. Uh, I think he's, I think he's just a rock solid all around player that will, that, that could help them. He's real smart. Uh, he's good offensively. He's got a nice shot. He's a really good passer. Um, he's good defensively. And, and I think, I think just his all-around profile would absolutely make a difference, and you could put him, say, on a second power play unit, you know, and you could put him next to a next to a Kerfoot, uh, next to a Soderberg, I guess, if you wanted to, if you really wanted to go big, mm-hmm. um, you could you could do that, and and it would be, I think it would be an, it would be an interesting combination of guys. I think he's a guy that could absolutely help them. Now, are we are we extending this to any of their guys in in college, or are we just sticking purely directly uh, in the um, in the organization? Look, if you wanted to if you wanted to go with Makar, I, I won't tell you no. No, I I actually wasn't going to go with Makar because I think we know that he's going to be playing for a while. Uh, but but you know, one guy that which holy smokes, what a different. Uh, <laughs> What a different outlook we had than at the beginning of the season. Like, yeah, he's going to be done early. They can get their paws on him pretty quick. UMass is absolutely tearing up college hockey right now. 
Right. So we, uh, I don't know if we'll even get the opportunity to see Makar this year. Uh, but a, a collegiate team that is having a so-so season, uh, Boston University. I think Shane Bowers is a guy that, you know, coming down the stretch, those last handful of games, that's a guy that that maybe you could talk yourself into, hey, let's let's give him a look. And, and um, I think he'd help you down your lineup a little bit. He uh, – oh, sorry. Well, I mean, immediately, right, like – he comes in and takes Sheldon Dries' job theoretically. Well, right. right. And, and that's what I was about to say is, and I think I mentioned it on a couple, you know, a couple shows back, the loss of Kamenev has ended up being a little bit more, um, you know, kind of damning than, than I think a lot of people thought at first, because now you are, yeah, that, yeah. that fourth line now is kind of a, we don't really know who's going to play center. We tried Colin Wilson there. Yeah. We've got Sheldon Dries there. We tried Logan. O- you know, it's, there's just been kind of a, a, a nonstop carousel of people in on that fourth line. And to the point you made when, you know, when you were talking about AJ Greer, yeah, fourth line guys don't usually make a difference, but in, in the ab situation, I think it's, there's been a couple games over, over the losing streak that was where you saw them, you know, that, that kind of depth really hurt them where they just purely couldn't stack up. So I think if you were able to throw a guy like Shane Bowers into the mix, you could you could be a little bit more comfortable uh, down the middle, all the way through your lineup, and and I think that's something that again he could he could he could be Vladislav Kamenev, who I think we'd all take over Sheldon Dries. No disrespect to Dries or or you know Toninato or anybody like that, but I think uh, I think a Kamenev uh, type guy is someone we want to see down there with you know someone with some offensive upside, and I think Shane Bowers is kind of that next closest guy right now today, as far as still being able to be effective, but you're not going to ask the world of him, um, but you're still going to get something out of him right away. Yeah. And, and like you said, like it's, it's nothing against dries, um, but I think we've seen, like we've seen dries be effective in the NHL. And I think he could immediately, like you put Bowers in his spot and you move dries over to his wing and you get rid of Andrew ghetto and I think that you could get away with that. I, I think you too. could be fine with that. And I and with Ghetto, I just think that it's it's just not working. Mm-hmm. You know, I was actually looking at some of the numbers last night, and you know, at even strength this year, he's been on the ice for seven goals for the Abs. Yikes! And like, this is a guy that's got nice time. You know, this is a guy that's moved up and down in the lineup. You know, he's gotten some opportunities. It's one thing like Gabe Bork has been on the ice for like four goals or something like that. <laughs> right. But like, but, but, but Bork obviously like he, he's like a hard, like he's never played more than like 11 or 12 minutes in a game and, and he's averaging like eight or nine per game or something like that. Like right. it's, you know, he's on the ice very little amount. Mm-hmm. Um, it's expected. You're right. And, and, but with Andrew Ghetto and like Andrew Ghetto only brings offense to the table. Right. Like that's not a guy you're putting out there for any kind of defensive acumen. Uh that's a guy that he only brings offense. Like that's that's what you're hoping to get out of him and it's just it's not happening. It's not there. Mm-hmm. And and you know, obviously playing him on a fourth line is not oh hey, you know, <laughs> this is this is the ideal situation right. to get offense out of this guy. Right. But like the guy's got six points on the year. 
you know, and, and I know that, I know that he missed a bunch of games, uh, and he's only, you know, he's, he missed like 20 games. So, um, you know, obvious caveat there, um, you know, like I'm, I'm saying Sheldon, I think Sheldon Dries could do the same thing. Sheldon Dries has four points. (laughs) Right. But, but what's crazy is, is that statement right there is, is, uh, you know, awfully, uh, and I've used the phrase damning now twice in this podcast, but it's awfully damning of, of Sven Andrighetto that, Hey, we're comparing you to, to Sheldon drives a guy who's got four points right now. We're, you know, you're in the same class as him as far as your offensive yeah. production. Now that's not to say, you know, Andrew ghetto, I think hit the post twice last night. Andrew ghetto's had some dangerous chances, um, yeah. but he's just not finishing anything. The other thing for me with with Shane Bowers is if you look at at how that the, the lines were constructed last night, Carl Soderberg finally, uh, you know, gets some line mates with some with some offensive skill, and so you know if, if you left that line alone and then you drop the Kerfoot, you know, Kerfoot down to where Soderberg was, which I still don't love, but you look at that fourth line. I think if you were to drop in a guy like Shane Bowers, you know, a Bowers dries, and if if you know you want to keep Jose there, I agree with you. I don't think that demotion was earned. But putting him with a guy like Bowers, I think, puts both of them in a little bit better position that that you could get some offense out of that fourth line. Uh, but yeah. you're also not overly concerned that they're going to be getting absolutely run over because that's a lot of hustle and and that is some some uh, you know D zone responsibility there out of out of those three guys. So I think Shane Bowers. Um, as soon as that Boston University season ends, if if I'm the Avs, I'm I'm all over that trying to get Shane Bowers into the lineup. You know, and that's Bowers is another guy like same thing with Cout though, where you have other considerations. You of know, course. you have a contract consideration where uh, Bowers, um, because of his age, he would he would burn the ELC the first year of the ELC immediately. Mm-hmm. So you know, is that is that worth it? You know, and that's that's something that they would have to decide. So I'm, I don't have a personally, I don't have a really strong feeling either direction about it. I would probably say no, but here here's uh, where I am. Who knows, man? It, if the ABS can can rattle off some wins here and really kind of firmly plant themselves back in the top three in that division, if I'm in that position, I'm saying, you know what, screw it. We're, we're going for it and uh, you know, we're going to go for it without being ridiculous and, and we're going to burn a year of, of this kid's ELC. But if, if you're going to be in a, in a, in a fight to get in, yeah, I'm with you. Don't, don't burn a year of the ELC and, and all the other implications that come with that just to get in and, and hope to get out of the first round. If you're feeling good about your team and you think you can make some noise in the playoffs, then do it. But if not, I'm right there with you. Be smart as far as these kids' contract goes. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know how many points uh, Dallas is ahead of Colorado for third in the Central right now? It's two or three. I just looked today. It's it's. I mean, the abs. It's zero. Oh, just kidding. They're both at fifty. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I didn't know that. I hadn't looked at the standings in a few days because they just kept losing games and it was pissing me off. So, mm-hmm. um. They're both at fifty, so that I mean, it's not like this this extended losing streak has cost them. I mean, it cost them the cushion they built over Dallas and Minnesota, right. but they're still in this conversation. They're literally tied. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, and it's it's not like Dallas has been great shakes or Minnesota has been great shakes. They're both 500 teams. Right. So it's, you know, it's it's the Pacific that's going off as all as Calgary, San Jose and Vegas are all eight, one and one in their last 10 games. That's insane. It's got to be frustrating for those teams trying to catch each other. Because <laughs> every night you just can't yeah. quite do it. Um, AJ, let's take a break. When we come back, the trade deadline is fast. You got what? I, I've got a dark horse, though. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's hear it. Who's yeah, your dark horse? It's okay. I've I've got a dark horse. It would require a lot of things kind of going the right Hold way. On. Let's, but let's do the old talk radio thing and let's let's save your dark horse for the other side of the break. Let's keep everyone on the edge of their I'm cool. seats. I'm cool. All right. AJ's dark horse here on the other side. BS and Avalanche podcast <laughs> presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. There's nothing more important than family, and for more than 100 years now, customers have turned to Farmers New World Life Insurance Company and agents like Bryce Babcock to help protect the financial security of their loved ones. What makes us different, first off, is we're we're completely customer service oriented, meaning that our goal is every day to be available. The other piece, too, is that I'm young. I'm 31 years old, and so I'm I'm hungry, and I'm very motivated every single day to continue to make this agency grow, and and that's just something that, you know, I I think that I bring them a lot of other agents do. My initial thought was it's expensive and I just don't have money to invest in my long-term future. Everything I have, I need right now. But once I started looking at the options, it's an absolute no-brainer. You can find a life insurance plan that works for you and you should. It's not just about death either. There's whole life insurance policies that actually have cash value that build over time and so on. So Bryce will break all of that down for you for free. The call is a no-brainer. You have to do it. Brandon's 100% right. Plus, Bryce is even giving out a deal specifically for BSN listeners. I'm going to go ahead and send out a $10 Starbucks gift card right right off the bat. And so you don't have to do business with us. You don't have to. There's no payment needed or anything like that. It's something that we're going to do for anyone that comes in from BSN. gives us an opportunity to earn their business. Call 303-996-6509 today. That's 303-996-6509. All right, guys, before we jump back into segment number two and hear about AJ's dark dark horse player in the organization that can help the Avs get into the playoffs, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. Strava Craft Coffee. This is CBD-infused coffee. And it not only tastes incredible, but it can relieve everyday aches, pains, anxiety, migraines, and so much more. Use the promo code BSN2018 at checkout and you will get it shipped straight to your door. That is Strava Craft Coffee. AJ, we left a cliffhanger at the end of segment number one. So I want to hear it. Who is your dark horse player in the abs organization? that could come in and help these guys get into the postseason. I mean, I think it's Timmons. I oh, think, yeah, I think absolutely. He, he gets healthy. Uh, he, you know, he shows well down in the AHL, you know, he has a good month, whatever. Um, maybe that's, maybe that's a guy that, that you bring up in the final 10 games of the season or whatever. If, if again, he's got to get healthy and he's got to show well, mm-hmm. but you know, that's a guy that, you know, and, and you're also assuming in that situation, Kale McCars and UMass are still playing. Right. 
So that's that's a guy that I think really could uh, uh, really could help them out. Don't you just have the feeling? I know we've talked about this before. That with him being around the team so much, he's getting in the the work. You know, after official practice is over, but you know he's with the guys. He's around them. Don't isn't there just a little party that that feels like if he gets healthy, they might try him in the NHL before they send him back down. They might just give him one game. Eh, let's see what you got. Uh, no, I think they'll. I think they'll send him down. Um. But I also think they will be quick to bring him up if he if he has a good two weeks down in the AHL. I think they'd be I think they would be quick to be like, we're looking for an excuse. We really want to do it. Let's just do it. Right. Yeah, I agree. That's uh, that's a guy for me that I I think um, everyone's assuming will will drop down to the AHL, which is a safe bet. Uh, but but I I know the Abs really like him. This isn't me saying that yeah. we've we've heard anything that they're gonna keep him around. But but yeah, we we know the Abs really like Timmins. They were really really close to giving him a shot out of camp last year. Um, he was he was the final cut of training camp, and I I think there's a chance that that you could see a kid like that. I I agree with you. Stick around and. Uh, and make quite you know a, a decent impact. All right, so AJ, the second part of this question was: is which player realistically is is of course the caveat? Uh, which player do you think from outside the Avs organization could come in and help this team make the playoffs? Again, realistic, and and I'll actually probably even press you for for what it might cost. Uh, Who's a guy that you think the Avs could could set their sights on come you know trade deadline here over the next few weeks, and and they could really hone in on and say, look, this is a guy we think we can get realistically, and it can help us now get into the playoffs. Who's who's your who's your number one guy that comes to mind? I mean, we've talked all year about guys like Stone and Hayes. Um, you know, there's been a little bit of talk. Um, out of Pittsburgh about guys like Derek Broussard. Uh, but I, I mean, I think the, the hot name right now is, is Michael Furland, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had a, he's, he's having another good year. He's really, really good. Uh, he's, he's exactly what Colorado needs in that he's a, he's a goal scoring wing who plays a big game and, you know he's a pending UFA, but he's 26. Um, you know he's he's got a 20 goal. He scored 20 last year with Calgary. Uh, he should get to 20 again this year. He's not going to be overly expensive. He's not going to be like six or seven million dollars, like you might be talking about with some of the other guys here. Like Kevin Hayes should be about should should be in the six range. Uh, he should be more in the like four to five range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I don't know what the price would be to get him via trade, but he's he's a guy, uh, you know, not he's not he's not huge, um, but he's you know six one two hundred and twenty pounds, so he's he's thickly built, and he plays a heavy game, and he play he does all the little things really well. Um, he can play both wings for you, although I would put him on the left. Um, 
I think having a down down the wing, you know, you would have Landis Cog out at, and on your first line, a Furlan on your second line, and I think you would have really quality, a really quality player in Furlan for a number of years. Uh, and and I just I just think he's a perfect style fit for them because he brings exactly what they need, and he's available. You know he. They he hasn't re-signed in Carolina. Carolina may or may not be a playoff team this year. You know, they, it it helps that they obviously have a month before the deadline to go to, to try and figure it out. Uh, they only sit five points out right now, so it's not like you know, it's not like they're a hope and a prayer away. Right? Uh, they're they're realistically in that conversation, but you know, that's also a team that's, that's had their issues this year and they are sitting on the outside and, well, and they got to get their goaltending figured out, man. Yeah. We talk about yeah. the abs, but th- I mean, that's an organization that's had that problem for years. Uh, yeah. I mean, they've, they've given up fewer goals than you would re- than you would expect. They haven't been able to score any is really a big issue for them. And then, which which presents the why would they be willing to give up Furland if they can't score goals? Um, but they've got wings all up and down their roster. They have wings. They just don't have any center help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you know, maybe maybe the ads give them a center. I don't know. But I'm just I'm just that's a guy that I think makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, I think the money would not be prohibitive. The trade cost should be exorbitant. And the fit is very, very good. No, I think that's a good one. Uh, and, and I think that's a guy that, that whether it be with the Avs or, or someone else, I think we're going to be hearing his name a lot here over the next uh, few weeks. For me, and, and AJ, this is a guy that as soon as I say this, I'm going to get people in the comments, in my DMs, and my mentions. They're going to say, uh, I'm dumb and no thank you. This is a guy you and I have talked about uh, a lot. Uh, this season as as a potential fit uh, for the Avs and and, and um, you know maybe a guy that that could be available to them. For me, my number one is Mark Stone. He's having a great year in Ottawa. I think that's a guy that fits in perfectly with the Avs. But it's starting to look more and more like uh, he's he's probably going to hang around in Ottawa. And uh, so I'm kind of crossing that one off my wish list. For me, AJ, it's uh, it's Phil Kessel. Uh, this is a guy that Pittsburgh is pretty pretty publicly, you know, shopping around. Uh, he's on he, he's thirty one, so he's a little bit older than than kind of the core of your team. But look, this guy can I mean he can skate. This is one guy over thirty. You're not having to worry about keeping up, uh, you know, with with your younger guys. And this dude just shoots the puck. Everything, he just puts it towards the net. And, and the reason I think that would be such a, a great fit for the Avs is how many times you know has, has Jared Bednar or, or we talked about, especially on the power play, they're getting too cute. They just need to put pucks on net. This is a guy that every time he goes out there, I mean, he's, he's a shoot-first kind of guy. And, and I think that's someone who you could drop him on that second line uh, or, or, you know, call it whatever line you want to. You put him out there with Comfer, 
and Jost or, or excuse me, Kerfoot and Jost or Kerfoot and Con- you know, whatever combination of guys you, you think could feed this dude the puck. And I think your, your secondary scoring problems are solved. He's got a, 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 a contract that pays him $8 million a year. Toronto is retaining 1.2. If you can get Pittsburgh to retain a little bit as well. Even just a million. Right. The, the money doesn't kill you. Uh, if you get Pittsburgh to to yeah retain one million dollars, you're paying Phil Kessel five point eight, and look, the guy's going to get you you know thirty five goals every year, not nah, thirty goals every year, uh, ninety two point even even if it's just even if it's just twenty five goals a year, right. you know, uh, five point eight million for the next three years. You know, he's he's 31, so you, obviously he's on the wrong side of 30, but he's not 35. Right. And and you get to you you're you're you wash your hands of it before he hits that age and uh and, and you get the last few good years out of out of his legs and, and out of the shot. I you know, you just imagine you drop him on that second power play unit or or drop him in JT Confer's spot on the on the first power play unit and just have that dude tee him up from the slot. To me, this is a guy that that fills a very specific need for the Abs. You've got Martin Cal. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, Phil. Hey, uh-huh. <laughs> you've got you know you've you've got Martin Cal coming. So there's you know there's your size uh, on on the right side. Well, I mean, you're if you get if you get Kessel, you're probably going to have to lose Cal. Well, so I was about to ask you, what what do you think that would cost? Because again, you and I have had conversations uh, I mean, I think, before. I, I think it, I think it probably costs you count and your own first round pick this year. Would you do that? Probably not. Hmm. I really want to say yes, <laughs> though, because I think I think the combination of the like Castle with Oh boy, I don't know. That's so tough. Because I mean, if that means you're not touching your NHL roster, and you're just purely adding Phil Kessel to this, that's yeah. Tough, that's I don't a know that tough deal to walk away from. I'm not saying. I think I think you'd probably have to throw in like Wilson too, which obviously, like, oh no, not that right. Like for Phil Castle, that's obviously a huge upgrade. And, and you're probably um, also getting back a C level AHL guy. Prospect. Yeah, like a for a, for a meaningful pieces though. I mean, we're talking. It's probably you know a, you're gonna have to give up a top prospect. You're gonna have to give up a count. You're gonna have to give up probably your first rounder. This no, no, year I, I'm that. saying as far as coming back, and you if you give up count a first and yeah Wilson, you're probably getting Kessel and. You know, Johnny Kessel and something else, like, but whatever. Um, for for me, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that Pittsburgh does it because they they're trying to win another cup with their with their guys, and that makes them significantly worse uh, right now. Well, and and this conversation was much more of a conversation a month ago when Pittsburgh was really struggling, and it was hey. They they probably need to start you know selling some of this off and and Phil Kessel was kind of the top of that list. You're absolutely right in you know things are completely different. They're they're back in the mix, um, 
so so you're right. It's probably going to cost you a little bit more now than it than it may have uh, earlier in the year. But again, for me, that's a guy that um, I, I think could be a realistic trade target. Uh, obviously, you've got to see what it costs, but uh, I think that's a guy that I would say during the summer. That would be when you would. Uh... I would say it's more realistic oh, during oh, the summer. Oh, okay. Um, like this summer, I could see that happening a lot more than I could at the deadline, because Pittsburgh's in it. They're gonna want to, you know, they're gonna want to go for the cup again, and you know, they have. There's no way for them to replace uh, Castle, right? Unless the, obviously they dropped Cout in the NHL, which I don't think they would do. But it, it, um, I just. I that's that's a guy that makes I, I think would I I would probably feel differently about getting him in the summer too. You'd like once once you have some clarity about what's going to happen with Ottawa's pick and you you kind of have an idea you've gotten full seasons out of some of your guys and you know what you're going to be paying them. Mm-hmm. That's a great point, but but I I think that's a guy that uh, regardless of if if you were to add him to this group. Uh, if you could add him without subtracting anybody from from your NHL roster, I think that's a guy that that makes you notably better um, the the minute he gets to Denver. So so that's my guy who's not named Mark Stone. <laughs> yeah, I think he'd be a he. I mean, just just from a pure hockey standpoint, you're not worrying about anything else, man. He makes you he makes the Avs so much better, and he makes that second line scary. Especially if they they actually like go Soderberg and Kessel together, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then whatever's on that left side, you know, maybe Kerfoot. I don't know, but whatever. Like that's that's a really 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 intriguing group. Well, and, and it's funny because everyone talks about oh well, he just he only puts up those numbers. He's playing with Malkin and blah blah. blah. His best year in Pittsburgh. You know, it was the year he played on the the HBK line, as they called it. It was Carl Haglin, Nick Benino, and Phil Kessel, and he was great. Uh, so I agree that you know, if you yeah, if you were to play him with with Soderberg, and uh, I, I mean, pick someone else, Jost, Kerfoot, Comper, yeah, uh, anybody, and, and you drop him on that right side, I think that uh, your your secondary scoring issues are completely solved. And and you can start you know distributing those those other players further down your lineup, which uh, which helps you there as well. Um, so I think there's some guys out there that that could be realistic targets. Obviously, Mark Stone, you have to wait to see what Ottawa wants to do and and how much they want to offer him, and if he wants to stick around. Uh, I, I think it's going to be him or Duchesne that stays, and uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know that either are going to stay. I've I've felt pretty confident that Duchesne was going to stay, but it just I think Ottawa's just running out of time, man. Honestly, like they they've got they've got to kind of play both fields at the same time. They've got to work uh, extension negotiations with both guys while also working the trade mm-hmm. uh, the trade aspect of it. Because they don't know what's going to happen, and they can't they can't not sign them, and then keep them for the end of the the rest of the season. Right. They can't do that. That's a disaster. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and so, 
and and I, I mean, they're just they're running out of time. Like they've got a month, and a month is a lot of time to decide if you're like Carolina. That's a lot of time if they if they want to figure out oh if they're any you know if they're any good or they're going to make mm. the playoffs or whatever. That's lots of time. But when you're trying to when you're trying to manage, uh, like we're talking like high, high, high negotiations here, like major UFA deals that are going to shape your team for the next, you know, better half of a decade. Uh, you've got to, you've got to really, you've got to be right about it. And you've, you've got to, they've got to, it's, it's just a, it's a process. It's a very involved process. And doing that while juggling trade negotiations at the same time, I, I just think if you get to like say Valentine's Day and neither guy is signed, you've got to just start imagining both of them are gone. Right. Well, and, and I mean, and man, if Mark Stone is out there, <sighs> Matt Duchesne straight up said to the media, "I'm waiting to see what Mark Stone does." So it's I, I agree with you, and and you'd think Pierre Dorian learned his lesson because. He did run out of time with with uh, Eric Carlson, and, and he ended up getting an okay return, uh, better kind of than than it looked initially. But I, I mean, that was not the. I tried telling people it, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but it, I think it's going to be solid. Like between between the uh, what was it, Josh Norris and and Tierney, I think they got two players. But if they get anything else out of it, great. I, I guess it's just tough because that was that's such an elite player. Who who you yeah, you probably right. could have gotten more for had you done it at a better time. Oh, yeah. And so you, you, we'll see yeah. if Pierre Dorian learned his lesson or or if things go from bad to worse. One more break, AJ, and then we've got uh, we've got some good Twitter questions. We're just gonna do a handful. So thank you to everyone who has responded. You guys always respond so quickly. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. The biggest benefits of CBD are our, our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. 
Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wish I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. We got a handful of Twitter questions lined up, so we'll take a few uh, you guys know how these go. We'll get started on, you know, we'll be three questions in and we'll go with a long winded answer. Then suddenly the segment's 15 minutes long. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to however many we get to. Uh, I want to first start out, uh, at mayor Borhot and at danger Jones, 21. You guys both asked about Timmons and one player, the Av should target. Well, this whole episode has been about those two things. So, um, questions answered, uh, at Jeff Norton, 16, AJ, do you think the abs would take a look at Josh Hosang? No, no. Why not? Um, the added, uh, the, the talent doesn't justify the attitude. Uh, I agree. At JJ underscore Kressel. Uh, yeah. So, so again, this is kind of what we've talked about the whole time. Do you think the abs? So actually, AJ, do you think the abs go out and make a move with the deadline? No, not not big. I think they might nibble. Like I could see guys, a guy like Nemeth maybe on the move, or a guy like Andrigetto on the move. Um, but I think it would be like swapping Nemeth for another team's Nemeth or Andrigetto for another team's Andrigetto. That kind of situation, right? Right. Um, more than them going out and like doing something big or just selling those guys for picks or whatever. At Jay Bame, I'm going to paraphrase this one a little bit. Um, Jacob wants to know if, you know, say we're in late March and assuming no trades in good health, Timmons, uh, Makar and Malosh are ready. Huh. We'll, we'll drop Malosh. Let's say Timmons and Makar are, are NHL good to go. Which six guys do you think get into the lineup every night? Again, assuming the decor stays the same. Uh, um, the the core that's there now, except Makar over Nemeth or Makar over Barbario. Makar in that sixth spot. So you think that'd be a situation where they would just let Timmons keep chilling in the uh, AHL? Yeah, abs- absolutely. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, but, because you're not going to play. You're realistically, you're not going to play Timmons over Zadorov, Cole, Barry, Johnson, or Gerard. Right. So, so his his question here is: Is will they play Barbario uh, slash Nemeth over Makar? And you say no way. If they're putting him into the NHL, it's to get on the ice. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. Um, that might that might require some usage changes, um, like. Obviously, you lose Patrick Nemeth, PK specialist, but it's not doing you much good anyway. So, right. What's, you know, what's the harm? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, Zadorov takes Patrick Nemeth's PK minutes. 
great. He should do that anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so these next couple, I'm going <laughs> to at uh, Dickie Ian, at AvsFan95, and at Matheson416. They're all kind of asking about goaltending. The Avs may be making a move, uh, moving on from Varley at the deadline. So do it. What are your, what are kind of your thoughts? Uh, at AvsFan95 wants to know if the Avs would look at bringing in Lundqvist. That I don't see at all, uh, especially not midseason. Um, AJ, thoughts on the goaltending situation here for the Avs? around the trade deadline or should we expect anything or, or is this tandem kind of the tandem? Uh, I think it's probably the tandem moving forward. Uh, but I've said it a million times. I would deal Varley. What would be an adequate return for you? Um, he's not going to be worth a whole lot. Um, so I would, I would try and get, um, like a second round pick and then an AHL goaltender. Like I've said, I've said multiple times that uh, I would trade him to Philadelphia for their second round pick and Alex Lyon. Yeah. I, I don't think I would say no to that. <laughs> um, I, I think that's great. At SoCal abs fan wants to know uh, another goaltending one. Is it worth Taking up the phone, exploring a trade for Sergei Bobrovsky from the Blue Jackets. What sort of deal would you be looking for? Yeah, totally. You should 100% look into it. Um, what kind of deal would I be looking for? I don't I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I have no idea what Columbus would want for him. I imagine it's significant, but I really just don't know. I have no idea what that looks like. So I, I can't answer that part of the question. I just don't know. And I'm not. I'm not going to wildly speculate. I. I just don't know. But I would. I would do it. I would do it now. I would have done it a week ago. I. <laughs> I mean, I. It just. You've got to try and solve the position. Otherwise, all the building that you've done uh, is going to be for nothing. If if you, I mean, look at look at Philadelphia. They're losing out on the prime of. Voracek and Giroux because they can't solve the goaltending. Right. They just can't solve it. And it's it's betraying everything else they've done. You know, Provorov, Patrick, all these young guys that they've 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 got going and they've got they've got talent mm-hmm. in the NHL. It's not like it's a bad hockey team. They just can't solve the goaltending position. And it's betraying everything else that they've built. So offer them you a just, solution. Yeah, you can't you can't get yourself into that into that spot. You just can't do it. Right. You've gotta you've gotta do whatever you can possible to avoid being in that position. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Hundred percent. next question comes from Luke from Winnipeg. Uh, he's got a <laughs> hockey related question. Which Eagle, not named Count, do you think has a chance to push for uh, an NHL roster spot next year? Mine's Ty Lewis. I, I, he he hasn't torn it up this year, uh, but I, I'm just I'm really high on this kid. I I, I think he's uh, I think he's got a really good 
fit for what what the abs um are looking for out of uh, guys on their roster i think he probably needs um another year or two um yeah i don't realistically like like one more year mm-hmm. but but it, um, if there's a guy that i think you could at least have the conversation about at camp next year that's that's my guy other than martin cow i i mean i think it's the same guys i think it's greer and o'connor what do you what do you think of uh michael jolie this is an echl guy the last couple of years he's had a great year for the eagles this year well i mean he's he's totally turned it on uh in the last what like three weeks mm-hmm. two weeks something like that like he's totally broken out in a huge way um i I'll say this. I think he's done enough to get an ELC. 41 uh, goals for him last year in the ECHL. 41 goals in 52 games. Uh, and, and eight goals, 19 points in 29 games this year for him. Uh, you know, full time in the AHL. I think he's been, I think he's been really good. And, and uh, I'll, that's definitely someone to, to keep an eye on as far as what they're doing and, and, and uh, you know what kind of production yeah. they're having. Luke also his, go ahead. His his brother rolled into my mentions and gave me a whole thing about how political it is who plays in the AHL. So uh, first off, uh, Raphael, thank you for uh, following. But um, cool dude. <laughs> AJ, uh, a couple more here. Uh, Luke also wants to know, non-hockey, favorite restaurant uh, that we went to in Dallas and favorite non-hockey activity worth doing? I mean, Pecan Lodge. Yeah, absolutely, as far as the uh, best restaurant. Uh, And then I really thought, and maybe I oversell it, but the the JFK uh, site I thought was really, really cool. It was, it was, it was cool, but it was awkward. Well, it was what made it so bad. And you and I have talked about it a bunch of times. The fact there were people there like taking selfies on the X's where a president had his brains blown out. It's like, ah, that's not really selfie stuff. This is supposed to be like, well, making you think this is a major historical event. Um, it's a sad event. Right. Right. (laughs) And and yeah, there's people out in the middle of the road taking selfies, but I, I really did. I, I enjoyed that. I thought it was uh, I'm kind of a history person. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. Uh, I had a great appreciation for being there. Uh, I enjoyed being there with you because you appreciated it too. (laughs) And that makes it, that makes it better than would like, if you're there and somebody's just like, okay. Right. Right. And you're like, all right, well, I guess I'm the jerk then. <laughs> uh, just a couple more here. Um, James Curtis wants to know, the consensus used to be that Joe Sackick intended to take an upper management role and turn over the GM duties. Is that still a possibility, or is Joe pretty content where he's at? I think Joe has taken to his job quite a bit. I think he likes it. Uh, I think I think he's got the competitive juices going. And I think he sees uh, his team on the rise, and I think uh, I think he wants to get his name on the cup again. Couple, uh, 
couple kind of fun non-question hockey questions here. James Curtis again. Say there's a 30 rack of beer in front of you. Every beer you drink, you get $1 million. But in one of the cans is a poison that kills you as soon as it touches your lips. How many beers would you risk drinking? That's a great question. That's a fantastic question. Um, One. I'd probably go two. Uh, if, if I got through the second one, I'd probably call it quits. I mean, is it tax-free? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, screw it. It's tax-free. Uh, one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're still in great shape even with one. So, yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a million dollars I don't have. So that's right. That's right. And I'm not I'm not going to sit around and lament the other, you know, 28 that I could have had. <laughs> uh, Meeks at Meeks wants to know who our childhood celebrity crush was. Kimberly, the pink Power Ranger, obviously. Mm, yeah, that's a good call. Uh, and then down here. At Public Insight, Raymond wants to know socks or no socks in bed. If you sleep with your socks on, you're a lunatic. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, though. Be. Don't. Don't. Be better. You're better than that. Don't sleep with your socks on. Uh, I mean, I've I've done it, but uh, only in, in cases in which I've had a lot to drink. Yeah, by complete accident, where you're not you're not even going to bed. You, yeah, you just you fall asleep where you are. That's different. Getting in bed with socks. No, thank you. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. All right, AJ, any uh, parting words of wisdom, final thoughts for our uh, for our listeners today? Uh, make sure you read everything that we've written. We've put out a bunch of great content on the, on the site the last couple days. I'm excited. Next week, uh, we have the launch of the new website and the new app. So uh, everybody keep an eye out for that. Well, there you go. Uh, AJ, so great uh, doing this with you. As always, AD is in Ottawa. Uh, sounds like he almost fell asleep at the wheel while making his drive, uh, but he made it. He's there, ready to bring you all the uh, all the great Avs coverage you have come to know, love, and expect from us. So thank you guys so much for following along. As always, for AJ Hayfley, I am Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage, and thank you guys all so much for listening. <laughs>